Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. I'm Sarah Carradine, podcasting from unceded Gadigal land. I'm Mari Forth. And this is Crime Scene, the true crime review podcast where we get to the heart of how true crime stories are told. You can get this fine program along with all the fantastic reality TV content by subscribing to robhasawebsite.com slash feed. That's R-H-A-P-U-P-S feed. We'd also love it if you would subscribe to our feed. Please go to robhasawebsite.com slash crime feed. You'll get your true crime on Tuesdays if you've already subscribed. Thank you so much. Sarah, what did we watch this week? We watched Florabama Murders on Peacock. Uh, it's an eight-episode series covering eight different murders on the Florida-Alabama border. It comes to us from Bloomhouse, so we were predisposed to like it. And to help us beat off alligators with a stick, we are delighted to have Shaun of the Dead impersonator, Bill Clinton nemesis, Errol Morris Muse, and author of Yes, It's Hot in Here, currently with 69% five-star ratings on Amazon. Nice. It's AJ Mass. AJ, welcome to the scene. Well, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I think there should be some investigation into that. It should be closer to like 52%. Five star ratings. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, there's a lot of there's a lot of fans from other teams who just 
naysayed on 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 principle (laughs) (laughs) and a few reviews to say i came to this book about being a mascot and it was about being a mascot one star (laughs) 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 so hiu this is your first time with us here what's your true crime origin story how did you get into it what do you get out of it oh absolutely uh well i grew up in new york city in the 70s so uh, when I was around seven years old, you know, back page of every newspaper, it was the summer of Sam and uh, every newspaper's back page said mass murderer on the loose. And my last name is Mass. So I learned very quickly that uh, my days were numbered. Yes. <laughs> well, they are. We just don't know what the number is. Yeah. No, I mean, it gives you a complex when you look at the phone book and you see there's only eight of us there. It's just about the time <laughs> soon you to get to me. Uh, but then I learned a little bit more about it. Uh, it was the era of, uh, you know, I guess Fatal Vision, the Joe McGinnis uh, book and the Gary Cole playing uh, the, the lead role in that was my, probably my first foray into televised true crime and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, when I uh, was uh, getting into the mix and learning about what was going on in the world, I found out uh, all about the West Memphis Three and started watching uh, mm-hmm. those documentaries on, on HBO, the Paradise Lost documentaries. Uh, and then flash forward to when I'm writing uh, my first book, How Fantasy Sports Explains the World, I was able to get in touch with Damien Eccles and uh, interact with him uh, and interview him for my book. So uh, I'm very, very, very much into the, into the whole true crime thing <laughs> from many yeah. different levels and angles. AJ, you were the subject of a short called Being Mr. Met. That's uh, right. Part, available part of- to you for $1.99 American cents. On YouTube, <laughs> if you don't mind um, SD, which I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, based on my history of being Mr. Met. Uh, Errol Morris read my book and uh, was commissioned by ESPN to do like a six-part series uh, called It's Not Crazy, It's Sports. And he wanted to basically do my life do as a mascot and do a short little film about it, uh, which, which he did. And uh, I did not like Errol when I met him originally. I, I think he was trying to get a certain performance out of me. But when he did intro the series uh, later on, he said that I was the deepest person he had ever interviewed and that that was post his, his uh, interview of Cheney. So, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Well, he has a, a fascinating intro there where he, he wanted to draw something broader than just the story. I mean, it's Errol Morris, of course, and that's what we look for in, in a lot of our true crime, perhaps not Floribama murders, but that the property, the piece, the, the film, the documentary, the episode is about more than just the story. And I, I liked his introduction. He wanted to talk about sort of being a mascot philosophically, uh, and you mm-hmm. meshed in with that quite well in your uh, when you were talking about it, what was, you know, you and what was Mr. Met and then what you took from him after you sadly shared him and left him behind. Yeah, it was, no, it was good. He, he got, he got, he got a good performance out of me and he, he had just invented this new thing where he, he like, he interviews you remotely, but he's staring right at you through the camera. Uh, and it was, it was, mm. it was, it was a really cool, cool experience. And then, you know, I obviously met him in person when we did some of the hands-on stuff. He had me uh, walking around New York City with a replica of Mr. Met because we couldn't get the actual suit. And, uh, yeah, we, we, by the end of it, I, I grew to appreciate Mr. Mars. Yes. <laughs> yes. Those scenes are very New York because nobody is looking twice at you as you nope. tower, <laughs> tower down the footpath <laughs> in the Mr. Met costume. People are just like, I've got, I'm, get, I'm getting where I'm going. So get out of my way. 
Yeah. And and very rarely do you get to meet like a titan of true crime like Errol Morris. And so that is to do something that's not true crime related, you know, like. Well, it was nearly a crime. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. We're offering to go for the kill shot. Uh, It could have been a very we could have been sitting here by ourselves, Mari. Oh no! <laughs> well, and, and the funniest thing about the whole thing is that right after they they basically warned me not to approach the president, Governor Pataki walked by at that very moment, ready to shake my hand. I'm like, well, they didn't say anything about the governor, but what? please stay back, stay back, George. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who's under there. Speaking of under there, let us get to the crimes. So, as I said, it's an eight part series, I suppose you would call it, although they all standalone episodes. We're going to discuss episode one and episode three in detail, and we will refer to the rest of the series, so spoilers from now on. Episode one is entitled Jackson County Injustice. In 2020, Raul Gillian was lured by his friend Shane Parker and Shane's girlfriend, Lauren Wombles, to let off fireworks in a 4th of July celebration at the home of Jeremy Peters. Using the fireworks to cover the sound, Parker shot Raul, stuffed soil into his mouth, and beat him to death with a shovel. Jeremy Peters was a drug dealer and had convinced himself that Raul was a member of a rival drug-dealing gang. He was not. Jeremy Peters, who was not present for the murder but who buried the body, told a friend in detail about the crime, including the location of the burial site, and that friend informed the police. So I say to that, just stay stupid, criminals. Just please. tell everybody exactly what you did, please, and please. We'll, we'll come and find you. Yeah. Uh, all three were arrested, charged, and convicted. And the other episode we're going to talk about is episode three, Hidden in Chunchula. After Hurricane Ivan in 2004, the burned body of Lisa Nichols was discovered in her home. A man staying with her neighbour, initially identified as John Chapman, was arrested and charged. When law enforcement ran his name, date of birth and social security number, they discovered that he bought the identity of an incarcerated man for 50 bucks. Uh Law enforcement identified him as Jeremy Jones. Due to misfiling at the FBI, Jones had not been identified sooner. He was found guilty of the murder of Lisa Nichols and sentenced to death, and he is still on death row. He has been linked to at least three other murders, though there is not enough physical evidence to bring charges in those cases. And the FBI apologised to the family of Lisa Nichols as, had the fingerprints been correctly filed, Jones may have been apprehended before he murdered Lisa Nichols. So let's get started. AJ, what were your overall thoughts on the series overall? What, what, were, your th- what were your thoughts? <laughs> How many of the episodes did you watch? Uh, I watched three of the episodes. I watched those two and the uh, final one of the series about the uh, lottery winner, uh, Mr. Shakespeare, mm-hmm. um, because I was familiar with the story and I'd seen other uh, takes on it. I was just curious to see how they were going to cover it. Uh, overall, <laughs> I, I, I will get over the fact that it is a television show and I, I just don't like the format of, doc, of true crime docs where they say, and here are the three or four points that we're going to bring up in the next segment before they go mm. to this commercial break. You know, I, I, I don't like that kind of uh, storytelling. Just sh- tell me when you're ready to tell me. I, I, I'm watching. I'm here. <laughs> I don't need you to hold my hand through this. So, But getting beyond that, uh, 
I like this. I liked episode three a little better than than episode one. I thought mm-hmm. episode one the 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 policeman who we focused on who was running the case just really just over explained things to the point where I wanted to just slap him silly. He'd be like, and then we brought him in for an interrogation and an interview where we asked him questions. You know, because in an interview you ask people questions, and that's this what we did. We asked him questions. Sergeant in- Rick Herring, Sergeant Rick Herring, who says. Uh, what I call Florabama, uh, what we call squatters, and oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and another one. Uh, I, I I kick into what I call another gear. Yes, Rick. Everybody calls them all of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you know, and I I mean, you know, I just I was predisposed to hate him from the beginning. He he never said the man's name right or the the same way. So I just thought you know he had very little respect for the victim in this case. Um, so that that just came across right away. So you know, we had the contrast of him and the the woman who you know became best friends with his surviving oh, daughter, and it was just mm-hmm. like, okay, you're way too emotionally invested in this to be yes. someone who I can ch- take as a neutral, <laughs> uh, you know, person in this. So it just it just I just found it. Uh, they probably had about fifteen twenty minutes of good good material here and they tried to stretch it out to like 40 or 50 minutes and that, that that i think for episode one just just ruined it for me was not a fan of episode one right marie what are your overall thoughts on the series and uh, why don't we dive into episode one with you yeah so uh this is your uh paint by numbers um give it a main title floribama murders and then do a different case every episode. You know, I, I'm I'm glad that we are doing more of these th- this season because I think a lot of our average audience watches these types of shows. You know what I'm saying? And they want our opinion on what we think about the style and the production of the shows. Um, it, all that being said, this is one of the ones where I wouldn't come back to. You know what I'm saying? And since that, like, I thought the premise was interesting. But I don't think that any of the cases were were interesting enough, you know, um, between I, I watched episode one and I watched episode three. I thought episode one, I, I liked episode one because it set the stage. That was one of the reasons why you picked this. I remember, um, Sarah, that was one of the reasons why you picked this. I thought it was really great to get a little bit of the history between that that area between Florida and Alabama. Um someplace I will never go, even though I have <laughs> family in both of those states. Um, that particular zone sounds like you don't want to go there. <laughs> like several times, most of the police officers sit there said, nobody, you don't want to come here. <laughs> like so, <laughs> but um I, I thought episode one did a really good layout of all the counties around and all of that. I thought that was very interesting. I actually like uh, uh Sherry Edwards, uh the uh woman sheriff here who kind of started the investigation and then she was the one who who pulled in all the different um the different counties because this included a lot of interstate inter-county travel that that is the one thing i i think i liked overall about the 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 two episodes we saw i I did like seeing um how all of the different counties work together and how close they are and stuff like that um miss edwards i thought was a phenomenal voice in episode one. I, I get that she was very close to the victim's daughter, but I 
I actually liked that because I felt like I knew the victim more through her and what the daughter was saying than any other time when they were talking about about the case. Um, and I was kind of missing her in episode three, to be quite honest. You know, I with my, Sherry. <laughs> yeah, I did. I I, I kind of. I kind of missed like hearing her tone and, and her tell it and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, episode one, very paint by numbers. Um, you know, the, the investigation was just very slow and plotting no twists, no turns really, you know? Um, so interesting case. I'm glad the family was here to, to speak on, on the victim's behalf. Uh, but really just, nothing surprising nothing different from any of these other like southern fried homicide or you know i killed my neighbor or anything like that you know um episode three i found to be interesting a little bit more interesting because i feel like that case did take a, a few twists and turns i wasn't expecting uh i, I learned what meth scars were that was that was interesting. Yes. Like, um, I don't, I don't mind the crime scene photos so much, but those Metzger, please stop showing me photographs of that man. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. I thought the crime scene photos. I uh, okay, so um, uh, they didn't show the crime scene photos, but they showed the crime scene photos, especially in episode three. Like, just be aware because in episode three, the victim is badly burned to death. And they they call themselves doing a blur job that was not blurred enough for me. Um, burn victims for me personally, as somebody who has studied um, forensic science, it's probably the hard has always been the hardest. Uh, it was the hardest module for me to get through personally. And the the photos were not blurred enough for my liking. Like so, beware about that. They show a lot of crime scene photos in this. Um, they they try and kind of do fancy camera work, so it's kind of not the actual body. In the first episode, we got a lot of pictures of the trash bag, the human shaped trash bag, and all of that. You know, so just be wary if you're a little bit sensitive to um, some images. Uh, but episode three, I, I thought I did. I think just the case itself was a little bit better, a little bit more interesting because I didn't see the fact that they this man is basically um, he's a serial killer, definitely a serial rapist. And he kind of just been stumbling around until he got caught, which is just scary to think, you know, there it wasn't plotted out or timed. It was just him like aiming to rape somebody or murder or you know all this and then he, he looked and he might he killed maybe four people and they didn't even know they like you know like that is that's scary to think of um but yeah overall it's just it's just another one to add to your bucket if you're a tr if you are a uh true crime of fan and, and you watch like id channel all day or you keep oxygen on this is what what channel that this normally comes on floribama murders is an oxygen um uh show so it does come on tv on oxygen and then you can stream it on peacock or watch on demand whatever your on-demand service is so it's one of those things where we're going to give you our thoughts on it but you go and watch it and if it's if it's right up your alley, it's right, it'll be up your alley. If it's not, it's, it, it's not, uh, Sarah, what did you think about? I'm interested to hear about, uh, the reenactments. What did you think of the reenactments? Yes. Yeah, so, so overall, I think this series does exactly what it says on the tin. 
I was mm-hmm. taken by surprise a couple of times by the coming up on because I actually just thought it was the next thing they were telling me and I thought <laughs> I'd, you know, fallen into a brief coma and woken up again. Uh, but once <laughs> I realised that they were giving me the coming up on and then we have the ad and then we had now this is where we are. We have a narrator, uh, as is common with this style. We don't often talk about properties that oh, have a yeah. narrator, mm-hmm. but David Kay has a very nice voice. He's got a long uh, voiceover career. And it's a, it's a, sorry, Mr. Kay, it's a generic, deep male it American is. voice. Yeah. Uh, very nicely produced, uh, not over emphatic, not involved with the story in any way. I liked that he located me where I was, but it could have been any of of a of hundred um, American men. But he does a very good job. That's not to to do him any disservice. Uh, I think the use throughout. So I watched all of them. The use the use throughout of interrogation footage is variously successful and unsuccessful. I felt it was mm-hmm. successful in the two episodes that we watched. But there are mm-hmm. episodes where it's used, and and I don't think it's uh, successful at all. I was waiting for the one where an alligator ate the body, but <laughs> no. like almost every episode had B roll of alligators, and I was getting excited and thinking, right, we're going to come to the episode where there's an alligator. Uh, <laughs> but no, I don't know why I wanted that, but I did. Yeah, I agree. I think episode one really sets up that idea of the border and the porousness of the border mm-hmm. that's being counteracted by the cooperation between the different law enforcement. But the fact that that man was able to just not very cleverly slip mm-hmm. through and kill people with with fairly fairly much with impunity. Uh, and the only reason really they started to connect him to the other deaths was that he asked to call his girlfriend on the uh, sheriff's phone. Right. Uh, she didn't pick up, but the sheriff continued to call her. And she finally called back and said, yes, I knew she, I knew he killed her. And the sheriff says, <laughs> uh, which her are you talking about? <laughs> so I, I oh liked my the, God, like yeah. they're all dumb criminals, right? Stay dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot about that part. They like locked up on finding out that he might have killed more people. <laughs> and uh. really it's from that that they, that they figure out that he is in fact a different person because mm-hmm. the sheriff thinks, well, if he killed these two women, which other women has he killed? And so he sends out over the, over the teledex teletext the information that comes back actually that person's incarcerated so I don't know who you have Uh, so I did find that it had enough to interest me I like the processy nature of it the -hmm. procedural nature I like to see well you know despite Rick Herring holding our hands uh, (laughs) all of them are are very much law enforcement saying we did this and then we did this and then we did this it is. So I appreciated that, but I think it is one to do something. Uh, it's a two screener or as, you know, famously, I don't clean my house, but if you do, it's one to have on. <laughs> of the eight episodes, I didn't know five of the cases. So that's nice because oh, that's when you watch good. as much as, as we do, Murray, you know, it's hard to get uh-huh. a, a new case. So in episode six, they covered Gone, which is called Gone in Gainesville. They covered the 2012 disappearance of a disappearance and murder of Christian Aguilar. Uh-huh. Uh, we discussed this in Death in the Dorms in episode our uh, episode 40. It was very nice to see Daddy Carlos again, but uh-huh. this episode did not mention the Christian Aguilar Search and Rescue Foundation, which his father Carlos 
set up. It has a focus, uh, a focus yeah. on search dogs. So I thought, well, either the foundation isn't going anymore, but Death in the Dorms was very contemporary. So I think there was a bit of yeah. missing information Death there. this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So episode seven, Death Comes to Davies, a 2014 quite a famous case, the murder of Jill Sue in a gated community. Yeah, you've got a river at the back, so why don't you put some why don't you put some fencing there? <laughs> or some alligators. Uh, that's where the alligators are. <laughs> uh, I'd seen a Dateline episode on this case, and this was the one where I really fell off my mild admiration of Floribama murders because mm. this case uh, was uh, investigated and tried in Broward County, and okay. the person who was convicted, it relies entirely on DNA evidence, and uh, as our listeners may know, Murray certainly knows, Broward County has a continuing controversy and scandal over the sheriff's office mishandling of DNA. Mm. And the Broward County judges are famous for not allowing defendants to challenge DNA. So this was completely unmentioned in the series. And I thought, well, what are you not telling me about the about the cases that I didn't know about? So I was sort of uh, swept uh-huh. along on a sort of a canal of of, yes, this is very by the numbers, but I'm interested in the cases. When it came to cases that I knew or had seen other episodes about, and I, still a fairly casual viewer, had more information, I I turned. Let's get to episode eight, Lakeland Motto Mystery 2006. Mm-hmm. And we covered the murder of Abraham Shakespeare in our episode 43 when we discussed Web of Death. I, I feel like I understood the money trail a lot more in that. Um, AJ, mm. you know this case. What did you think of the coverage here? Again, I think what was interesting about both episode three and and episode eight um, was the use of the actual, you know, video of of the interrogations and and then the interviews with the witnesses. And I thought that's what was going to elevate this over your generic. Oh, and we're here. We're going to tell the story, and we have B roll. You know, the one picture B roll of the same people mm-hmm. over and over yes, again. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the interviews is what what made it at least somewhat interesting so the fact that they had the you know the the, the recording of her in the car the woman dd uh mm-hmm. you know saying oh oh and and uh, and yes i can get you you know an interview with him or oh yes no i want you to kill him like you know <laughs> i can mm-hmm. share where the body is like like that stuff was interesting but i also felt that there was also the downfall of the series because in 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 episode three you know they have this really great interrogation video of, of you know the serial killer confessing but when it gets to the moment where he's about to confess, they then cut to the cop. And that's when he told me something that I'll never forget. He confessed <laughs> to the crime. Like, why are you not showing us that part? <laughs> you have, you clearly have the footage. So I, I just felt like, I don't know, either it wasn't as impressive as this cop remembers, or maybe he didn't say it at all. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, ooh, I'm just being able to suspect everything about this because you have the footage there and there was some interesting stuff in there. Same thing with the DD stuff. It's like, and that's when he went in and he, she told me this. Well, show me that part. You showed me the other parts. I, I just felt it was playing a little loosey-goosey with, with the interview footage they had. And, and I wanted to see more of that. That, to me, was what made this different and interesting. And, and I just felt that, other than that, there was nothing I hadn't seen before. You're telling me stories mm-hmm. that, I, that I've seen before mm-hmm. or cases that weren't all that interesting. And when you get to the interesting part, it's like, we don't have actually that footage because we stopped the tape there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then the extraordinary, right at the very end, I've plotted through eight episodes. We have Dee Dee now. I was like, 
Woo! Mm-hmm. Amazing. And she says, well, he was worth more to me alive than dead. Cut. Yeah. That was the entire interview. I'm sorry, Murray, you asked me about reenactments. I've gone off on a bit of a tangent. No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Please keep keep going. I, Did, I didn't watch episode eight because I, I know that case backward and forward, like back yes. in my hand. So I'm very interested to hear you guys talk about what what you thought about it. Well, I, I think like AJ, I did. I, I like the actual footage, which I hadn't seen before. And this unheralded tantalac, it was not in any of the coming up ons. There we have Dee Dee in her prison uh, jumpsuit cinched at the waist. She has mm-hmm. her sense of style, her sense of style, but she's, but nothing. So they, so I thought, well, okay. So they got permission from the jail, the prison. They approached her. She said yes. They went in. They searched them all. Like if you think about step by step, they searched them all. They x-rayed the cameras, whatever it is that they had to do. And they interviewed her for how long? We don't know. And we get absolutely nothing, like worse than nothing, because you excited me and then you gave me a plate of sand. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because she didn't say anything that. Well. (laughs) <laughs> then don't well, use it. Yeah, well, exactly. exactly. But, well, but we have to justify the cost, so we have to put at least some of it in. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I was going to say. We we know, I, I mean, I know from watching all of the other properties, Dee Dee Moore is a liar. She's a pathological yes. liar. So, so, so run the camera and let her lie and lie and lie yeah. and lie and lie. And you can have little titles up if you want to, if you want to get really shady. They do some of that. They do some of that because, you, you know, they, this is the first time we brought her in and she went to she went to actually the newspaper and the newspaper had recorded it. And, and you know, you hear her going like, oh, yeah, no, he's all he's all right. He's fine. And I can get in huge touch with him and everything. So you're hearing her lie <laughs> and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes to the police station and like, yeah, and she had lied to us. OK, but you have the recording. Show me. Show me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I. That's what I'm saying. That. That's my only thought process. Is she went in there? She probably said not, something, stuff that was completely not usable, and they they were like, "Well, let's just just take this little snippet." And I mean, they it's a great snippet, it. right? It's a great mm-hmm. snippet. He was worth more to me alive than dead. I mean, it's so cold. Um, I did. You know. So there were. As I said, when we watched it for Web of Death. Mari, I understood Dee Dee's financial arrangement and entanglement with Abraham Shakespeare mm-hmm. quite well, and here I didn't. It was just sort of, oh, she had control of his finances, and on we go. Whereas when we saw Web of Death, they went through carefully showing how the arrangements happened and what the arrangements were. Did so they the talk reenactment. about the at all? No, not a word. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised. Mm. Again, e- each one of these, it, it, I think that just kind of goes to show you how one case can be stretched into three different overarching titles, right? Like, yes, this is Florabama murder. So let's up the Florida-ness of this crime, you know? <laughs> this this series is called Weapon Death. Let's up the involvement of the, the web sleuths. This Precisely. this uh, 
episode is called Curse of the Lottery Winners. Let's really emphasize how if he hadn't won this lottery, how, you know, this woman wouldn't have come into his life and he wouldn't have been alive. It's just very, it, it's almost like, a, it, 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 it's like an into the looking glass and show you how true crime is consumed. And it's, it's kind of making me feel a little itchy here. So it puts the rash in Rashomon. <laughs> Very nice. Very that. <laughs> the uh, so throughout the eight episodes, you'll be thrilled to know that the reenactments continue. I hmm. actually didn't. We are on record as disliking reenactments. I actually didn't mind them for this series. I've, mm-hmm. It felt part of the style of it. Once they establish the style, they continue it. They whoever was casting was aggressively committed to not having the reenactment actors look anything like the uh, people they were portraying. Hair colour. I mean, they they kind of stuck with race, although at one point I thought the reenactment actor for Didi was a black woman, and then I thought, oh, no, it's not. It was just dark. Um, But, you know, the hair colour wasn't the same. The size wasn't the same. The age wasn't the same. It was sort of slightly hilarious to me and I thought good on you you just thought well we'll just show you uh you know men from the neck down with tight t-shirts grabbing each other's t-shirts and pushing each other around to indicate a scuffle I didn't mind the dateline girls would like these ones is that what you're saying oh they would love them the dateline girls would absolutely love these reimagined actments but (laughs) I, I feel like I'm higher on the series than than either of you do I have Stockholm syndrome because I watched all eight? <laughs> I mean, I, I it, it was a struggle for me to get through them. It really was. I just, I just, I was very not surprised by episode one. Like you said, it was very paint by numbers. And by the time they got to the legitimately interesting part of episode three, which was like, oh my gosh, we have him in custody here. I don't know who you have. Like, oh my gosh, that's interesting. It was like, oh, but there's only five minutes left in this episode, and, and okay. <laughs> like that should have been that should have been the hook for that story, and it wasn't. Yeah, Maria, any further thoughts before we rate? Well, now I'm just kind of think of thinking of is Gainesville actually close to the Florabama line? It's not. It's not far away but i wouldn't consider it like close to line it's, i mean it's north north florida yeah i mean as somebody who went to the university of florida one time to get my master's degree <laughs> gainesville is not i'm looking at a map right now that's not, like it's not near florida they had map. good maps i have to say they had good maps but they did have and they revealed themselves because look it's that thing they had eight episodes they had seven that were on the border and then they thought Florida, 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 Alabama, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Just one more, just one more. Yeah, it was. It's north. It's north of the you know the Everglades area. So I guess it counts. For, it for looks the, like the alligators in the Everglades. It's smack dab in the middle of of the where the pan the gun of the panhandle. It's like the trigger. Game the trigger. is there the trigger. <laughs> and and we were talking about the the top of the pistol at the in the first three episodes so they i guess they migrated down as as the uh, episodes went along <laughs> yeah, well i think i think episode 3 that was not technically not touching florida either it was like all the way to the left it was like part of the mobile area there so oh yeah it was like i, th- I think that 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 for most of the episodes even if they were stretching the the idea of the border there is the idea of these very 
generally itinerant, if that's the right word, peripatetic perhaps, criminals who move kind of freely all around this area. And so the other than the gone in Gainesville, the student, the murder of Christine Aguilar, the the criminals are jobbing around getting what they need. Often this this seems to have been the, either their first murder or something happens that's unfortunate. I mean, not the ghastly man in, in episode three. So I gave them a pass on that idea of border because, mm. you know, philosophically it's the idea of porousness and that they could move around and go from county to county and not be accountable. But I, and I understand that, but I just looked, I just looked it up. Gainesville, episode <laughs> six, Christian yes. Aguilar at the trigger. Lakeland Lotto mystery with Abraham Shakespeare, either even further south near Orlando. Broward County is in is near Miami. Like, yeah, we, like absolutely. we are, so we're not even okay. It's fine. It's whatever. I just, I just didn't even stop to think like, because the first, the first, I think the first, well, episode one and episode three did a great job of staying where they said they were going to stay. So I just, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just happy because I was expecting them to then move over to the Florida Georgia line and then there'd be some music I didn't want to hear. So, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, technically, um, episode three, uh, Jeremy Jones, one of the murders they think he committed is actually near where my dad currently lives, Douglasville, Georgia. I was like, oh, I know that place. Yes. And, but that's yes. still kind of on the that's still close to the 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 line of, of georgia alabama that's that's, that's kind of close there so very interesting i just had to bring that up i'm sorry like yes, the three fine. of the episodes not being where they said that the thing it is it's, it's a stretch we're stretching here so you have a science background i have an arts background so i'm going yes i get what you're saying porousness <laughs> borders liminal spaces you know and you're saying it's not where they said it was <laughs> perhaps we should have called it the Florabamish murders oh i like that mm. so aj how many magnifying glasses are you going to rate Florabama-ish, Florabish murders <laughs> out of a possible five yeah like i said i i just was not grabbed by this i i did appreciate like like Mary was saying, like the the essence of the border in the first episode to kind of set the tone, but they didn't seem to stick with it. Um, and I almost fell asleep twice. So uh, mm. one and a half, one and a half. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was not I was not a fan. You were not a fan. Mari, uh, mm-hmm. how about you? How many magnifying glasses are you going to get at this series? Um, I, I think the series uh, for me. Not so much. Not one of the ones I'll throw on while I'm cleaning. But I see. I, I think the production was good. I think it 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 the reenactments that I saw were not annoying to me. Like, I think for me, the reenactments I really hate are ones where the reenactors talk. You know what I'm saying? Was like yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, what did you do, Joe? Like, like you know, like just. <laughs> I I think those are the ones that I really hate. So I I don't mind like art house style. Like, oh, we're digging through the ashes and we're just watching somebody rake through ash. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't mind those reenactments. Um, like I said, I I think the talking heads were appropriate. I think the one guy in the one episode was annoying, but I think that's just the product of him. He's yeah. not a continuing. A continuing person so I'm fine with that um I think if you like these type of shows if you like 
turning on oxygen and and watching a marathon of this, you will like it. I didn't have any qualms with the coming up on because this is for TV. It's not for streaming. So I'm I'm not surprised that, <laughs> you know, you have a three minute break after this. So they're trying to, you know, uh, tell you like stick, you know, stay tuned. Remember, like stay tuned. Don't change the channel, you know. So I I, I don't really mind that personally. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a two point five. I think it's like smack dab in the middle. I think if it if it's you like it, you like it. You won't you won't. That that's why I think it is. I I I would I would suggest maybe checking it out if this is your cup of tea. If if I if you pretty much like any of the ID stuff, any of the oxygen stuff, definitely give it a, give it a chance. How about you, Sarah? Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I think I'm going to give it 2.5. You know, I'd be happy to give it mm -hmm. less, except it's well made. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that. So it's visually fairly pleasing. It It is what it is. It does what it says on the tin. I think mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for my side knowledge, particularly of the case of Jill Sue and the potential wrongful conviction mm -hmm. of uh, Deonte Rosiles, I would be high, slightly higher on it. Mm. So I think it's a it's a it's a series to watch if you just want to trickle past it, or it's a series to watch if you want to watch the case and then do some side googling and inform yourself more and maybe contrast and compare with other episodes. I don't know if that's something you want to do. So I, I can't really give it less than two two and a half. It, it's fine. It's well made. Mm -hmm. It's not terrible. I sort of wish. If, I wish it was worse. Uh, we'd have a more amusing podcast. But right, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, it was, <laughs> for me, it was the promise of so much more in there. And, yes, and, yeah. and their their deliberate choices not to show us the stuff that I, yes. I know that they had. Yes. I I so, really thought so AJ was stopping know. it for disappointment. <laughs> I really thought it was going to be like like um, dumb criminals doing dumb things type of thing. You know, like the Florida man of it all. Like like kind of like really silly dumb stuff but it wasn't that so but i you know i'm 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 not docking it for that i i agree with sarah i think this is one of those ones that people who like to throw on true crime to fall asleep to like not as a shade but like as like okay i just need to turn something on this could be it i soothing voices mm -hmm. nothing too like that creepy i guess so Yes, the the you mentioned the crime scene photos, Mari. They are blurred, but not blurred mm. enough. And then no. in episode mm -hmm. seven, we actually see, I'm sorry, even somebody's DEAD legs. Please don't show mm -hmm. that to me. I'm blurred. I know that's her body. I know she's dead, and they're True. bound. So please blur that as well. It's like it, it was a strange choice to me that you would blur other things, but you wouldn't. But you would show me more than once a photograph photographed through the bathroom door from outside with her bound legs mm. completely on display mm -hmm. uh it just that 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 was a mystery yeah. i think well obviously episode seven really turned me off uh entirely they had a huge amount of footage from the extensive interrogation of the son who they initially thought did it and again they didn't even do sorry i've gone backwards now into a no, bit more reviewing but keep they going. didn't even dig into should this Boy, young men have been treated like this, and they do talk to one of the interrogating uh, law enforcement. He said, "Yeah, I, I, I don't regret it, and I'd do it again if I had to." And it's like, isn't there a, any regret that this child, this teenage boy, found his mother stabbed and bound, dead in her bath, 
and you took his clothes off, obviously, because he'd touched her. That's fine. Put him in a jumpsuit and then interrogated him for hours and hours with nobody else there. Is there nothing in your head, Mr. Policeman, uh, that says it made us rethink how we deal with or anything? It was like, nope, I did it. And even though he didn't kill her, I would do it again. It's like, okay. Oh, so, at least they admit he didn't kill her. Uh-huh. Well, well then I can say the Brendan Nassies of the world. So, well, uh, oh, exactly. Sing it, AJ. Yes. So I, I would, I would. It's not a it's not a hard recommend, but it's a soft recommend. I would pick and choose the uh, cases that interest you. I certainly think episode three yeah. of all of them is is the more interesting. But given what I've discovered about cases I knew, I'm almost wanting to look into that a little bit more as well. Yeah. And again, I, I completely agree with you, Sarah, that the crime scene photos, like even in episode one, when they were showing the crime scene photos, like as they were unwrapping Raul's body when they found him, I was literally looking through my hands because I'm like, wow, they are these pictures. They are throwing them up here. It there wasn't blurred. So I was like, I don't know, because it was my first time watching the series. I'm like, I don't know what they're about to show me. So I'm, let me just get ready. <laughs> the hands on eyes. Um, and I thought they got close with episode one. And then with episode three, like I said, truly, I was like, I can see this body. Like, I can see this body through the blurring. I had to like, I was like, you could see her hands. You could see like she was in, in the pugliest stance. What you, you know, whenever bodies get burned. They they take up that that stance kind of like boxers do, where the everything curls inwards, like the arms and the body like curls inward. You can see all of it. You can see all of it during through the quote unquote blur. So, uh, just you know, content warning for for our listeners. Yeah, beware of that. And in one of the later episodes, there's a picked clean bones, but they are bones uh, unblurred mm-hmm. in in situ where they found the where they found the remains. So, yeah. Uh, Still two and a half, but I yeah. have some. I have some serious <laughs> some reservations and some, some reservations. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. All right, so let's draw a line under that. Watch it or not, we've told, <laughs> given you our opinions. Uh, see what you think and certainly send us messages if you do watch it, whether you agreed or didn't agree with us. AJ, yes. would you like to talk a little about the West Memphis Three? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so as I said before, like uh, West Memphis Three was certainly – a case that caught my attention because, you know, these are kids around the same age that I was a little bit younger, but basically around the same age that I was doing a lot of the same things that I was doing, you know, draw, drawing little, you know, I, I had a fantasy baseball team. I named it pure evil. I drew devil signs and as, as my team logo. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, it, it, that's basically all they were doing. And they got arrested for it because they live in a place where, you know, they must be worshiping the devil. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I just, you know, there but for the grace of, uh, you know, God go I kind of situation there. So, I, you know, when I found about them being arrested basically because they liked heavy metal music or read certain books, I, I certainly, you know, when I saw the Paradise Lost documentary on HBO for the first time, I was definitely uh, intrigued by it, and supported the cause of trying to get them out and everything. Uh, when it came time to write my book, um, how fantasy sports explains the world. Basically what that is, it was, it is an opportunity for me to interview a bunch of people who I wanted to just talk to and kind of related to fantasy sports as best as I could. But, you know, that was just a MacGuffin for me to interview these people. So I got to interview Janice Benson, uh, writer for Buffy. I got to interview Neil deGrasse Tyson, who actually went to the same high school I did, although many years before. Um, <laughs> Yao Man from Survivor. There was a whole bunch of people, like famous people I, I wanted to interview. And I, through the course of my just learning about the West Memphis Three, I found out that Damien uh, Eccles had, while on death row, he had a radio and he would listen to baseball broadcasts at night to try and maintain his, you know, connection with the outside world. And he had written some poetry about baseball. And so I thought, oh, there's my end. Um, you know, I can talk about how my fantasy baseball team and, and you know, the, the satanic imagery that I use for my logos and that didn't get me arrested, but here he is. And his try trying to connect the outside world was, was baseball. So, uh, through a long convoluted process, I got in touch with, uh, Laurie Davis's wife. Um, and she was willing to take questions from me to him the next time she visited him and he responded and, you know, it was like a correspondence through email. And so part of my book is, is like an interview with, with Damien. Um, fast forward to my books about to be published. And I talking with Laurie, I said, you know, I'd love to get a copy to Damien if that's possible. Is he, is he allowed? And she said, well, hang tight. I might have some news on that. My book came out uh, and the next day they came out because they were free the following day. Wow. Uh, and so I was able to connect with him when they were doing a tour for the, uh, the later documentary they did West of Memphis. Um, they presented that documentary in uh, New Jersey, in Red, Bank, New, Red Bank, New Jersey. And I was able to present him the book in person and, and spend some time with him once he was free. So, um, you know, I'm not saying I'm the perfect, most perfect judge of character. And sure, people could convince me of, of, of a lie and, you know, who knows. But, you know, having met him, um, you know, I, I just I 
cannot be convinced that he was anything but innocent. You know, uh, <laughs> just you know, just it, 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 if he fooled me, great. Then he's you know <laughs> fooled the world. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, ha- having spoken to him now and like you know interviewed him, yeah, it's it's just it's a, a shame that uh, that he had to go through all this. I, I can't imagine him being the least bit involved. You know, even before you get into all the DNA evidence that they don't have. <laughs> yeah, I I love that. Like how you've used kind of used baseball and your experience as Mr. Met to like like really meet so many different people. That's fabulous, AJ. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, too. And a lot of people are, are you know, it's being Mr. Met, being the mascot for the Mets has opened up so many doors for me that shouldn't have been opened up. Like there are so many job interviews where I'd go in and like the person behind the desk would say, yeah, you really have no shot at this job. But I, I just wanted to meet somebody who was a mascot. So I brought you in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but yeah, just to be able to, uh, you know, interact with someone who whose story just just moved me so again because of the just the similarity in, in some of the, our interests uh, growing up and, and seeing that how easily that could happen if you're in the wrong color state. Okay. Yeah. So, um, can you uh, uh, tell our listeners uh, what other uh, resources or shows in your book that they can um, read up for more information on the West Memphis Three? Uh, yeah, well, the the book uh, was how fantasy sports explains the world, and yeah. so that that's the book that uh, has in the last chapter. It, it's a combined interview between uh, uh, Janus Benson talking about some of the devil worship that goes on in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, which is my favorite show, uh, and uh, Damien and his uh, satanic panic and all that that caused him to be convicted. It's, it's all involved in there. Uh, Paradise Lost, so the documentary is on HBO. There's mm-hmm. three of them. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you can see uh, different stages of the case, and uh, I, you know one of the things I respect about the trio documentaries is that they course corrected in the third one, saying you know we made the same mistakes in the second one by accusing someone unjustly that happened to the West Memphis Three. So I, I do like the mm-hmm. fact they course corrected there, and then there's West of Memphis, which is the documentary that actually Damien has uh, produced uh, along with many many other people, but he was one of the producers. Uh, once they were out and had taken the Alford plea, um, they they told their story from their point of view as people who knew the end of the story was at least somewhat a happy one. <laughs> mm-hmm. at that point. We'll oh. link to all of those resources in the, in the show notes. Yeah. And Murray, what do you have to recommend to our listeners today? Um, I would like to recommend, so like I, I'm like, I'm often late to the, the bandwagon on things. And I don't even know if I'm on the bandwagon for this, but 60 days in, I don't I can't remember. We haven't had anybody to recommend 60 no, days ago, right? No. No. I I, I was a on a much loved series. It is exactly, yes. So, but it never like I just assumed it was kind of like a scared straight. Like I I never knew anything about it. Me and my husband were watching just YouTube videos and um a YouTube video popped on of like oh, the, the craziest fights from 60 Days In or something like that. And we're like, what? And we started watching. I was like, what is this show? And then, and then from watching like different YouTube videos, we started watching the latest season. I was like, who would, why do people volunteer for this? We all know. I and my claustrophobia and my, you know, panic when it comes to lack of control, I could not fathom being like yeah i volunteered to go to jail for two months and i'm like is there there's no money like i don't i 
it was I, watching this. I was like, this is this is very, very interesting. So if you haven't checked out 60 Days in like each 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 um, each season, like seven strangers. Uh, they go and they spend 60 days in like a cell block. Each season is a different like county jail or whatever. And there are cameras everywhere. The inmates know that there are cameras everywhere, but the inmates don't know that there are like people in there that are like, quote unquote, like undercovers. Like they, the, the, they don't know that there are people who are doing 60 days in. They just, I don't know what each, I think they, they they make up some lie or some each each year about what the cameras are there for, and it it it's really interesting. We saw a few YouTube videos of like when people got caught and like stuff like that when they when the inmates figure out that the, the people are undercover. It's 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 so in, it's an interesting concept that I I, I get it now. Like I, I'm watching, uh, I'm seated. But I, 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 it is, su- it's such weird viewing. Like, I'm, it's such weird viewing. I'm like, why, why, why are we doing this? It's kind of, it's, I guess it's the same feeling that I, when I watch like Naked and Afraid, you know, it's like, <laughs> like, like, I'm watching it because I can't turn away from it, but I will never in my life ever do it, you know, like, it's so interesting. Um, so yeah, that's my recommendation. How about you, Sarah? You have anything to recommend? Yes, I do. I have a very curious book that I am absolutely loving. I'm showing it to the panel, but obviously. Oh, okay. It's it's called Murder and Mayhem. A Doctor Answers Medical and Forensic Questions for Mystery Writers. Uh, This is by D.P. Lyle, M.D. I'm not sure if it's still in print, but if you if you can find it, let me know. If you can't find it and you're interested in it, let me know. I might even send you this copy. But it's how to heart disease and angina limit my hero's activities was a question. <laughs> There's a question of what type of bacterial meningitis is most likely to infect adolescents. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a one to to dip into. You can find out what the symptoms of concussion are, you can find out what's the best way to dehydrate someone in a desert. The answer is coffee. Who knew? So I mm. found it absolutely delightful. I mean, it's a very serious book. Dr. Lyle, I'm sure, spent a lot of time on it. But it's if you're interested in murder mysteries, it's mm-hmm. uh, even if you're not going to write one yourself, it's a fascinating look at and all the different ways that people can die. And for some reason, we have this as a hobby. Wow. Very interesting. It's like where science meets art, you know, it's very, very interesting. Very much Mm. so. At Crime Scene, we're eager to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. You can follow Crime Scene on Twitter at Crime Scene RHAP, that's scene S-E-E-N, or email us at Crime scene RHAP at gmail.com. We're also on TikTok at crime.scene and on Instagram and Facebook at Crime Scene Podcast. And remember to subscribe to our feed by going to robhasawebsite.com slash crime feed. It truly makes a big difference. Indeed. So AJ, what else do you have going on and where can the people find you? Oh, well, I have a uh, criminal minds uh, podcast that I do with my friend Kintad Svensgaard called Felonious Pundits. Uh, we are mm-hmm. 
uh, it's the first time through watching for my friend uh, Kentad, and I have watched them so many times each of these episodes because it is what my wife and I put on to fall asleep to, uh, mm-hmm. since we no longer have to pay attention to it. <laughs> yes, the the uh, sultry tones of Joe Montana putting us to bed each <laughs> night. <laughs> so you can check out that podcast. We're uh, in the middle of season four of of 16 right now so we should be able to get through all those episodes by the time i turn 75 Uh, (laughs) it's a slow process but it's a fun one it's a good time uh also uh coming up uh we are just about ready for the return of fear the walking dead so you can hear me and Chappelle and josh wiggler and jess lease uh doing our fear the walking dead recaps uh coming up for this the final season which is just about ready to get underway. And did you want to give your social media handles or do you want to remain a man of mystery? Well, you know, I, I no longer am verified on the Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, not going to pay the $8. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I was an early adopter. So it is very simply at HA Mass. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, Mari, what do you have going on and where can the people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much. That's two, like the number two. Uh, any podcast I'm doing, I'll retweet there because currently everything is on hiatus. I am just chilling, only doing crime scene um, with Sarah. But other than that, you can also follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Mari Talks Too Much. And on YouTube, Mari Talks Too Much. So Mari Talks Too Much all across the board because on Twitch, every Wednesday, I do a noontime stream of the game Dredge. It's a horror film fishing game where i fish lovecraftian style monsters out of the sea it's very funny um you know me and our my lunchtime crew we hang out we play this game and now i've i'm setting it up where my heart rate will be on the twitch as i play so (laughs) you can see (laughs) how scared i am Uh, so definitely check that out and then um i i post those videos after a week i post those videos on my youtube page as well so um if you want to see me play a, a weird horror fishing game that's honestly beautifully illustrated you can go watch me on twitch i also do um other like uh, uh podcasts uh, a couple weeks ago me and matt scott uh ranked we did it we did a tier list of the best rupaul's drag race all-stars lip syncs so if you want just more content of me gaming podcasting much more um just go follow me on Twitch again, twitch.tv slash Mari talks too much to like the number two. Uh, Sarah, what, what are you up to? Well, you can follow me on Twitter while we're all still there at Sarah Carradine. Never verified, so didn't lose it. But you know, I, <laughs> I, I feel I feel for those who had it and now no longer have it. Mm. I'm covering love and death because I can't get away from it. The dramatization of the Candy Montgomery Betty Gore axe murder case from 1980, and I'm doing that with Latonya Starks. You can watch the series on HBO in the US and Binge in Australia. And you can listen to our podcast coverage weekly on post-show recaps. And also on PSR, Sasha, Kirsten, Geneva and myself have reassembled to cover Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. So enjoy that as well. Crime Scene is taking a week off, but we will return on Tuesday the 30th of May with Victim Suspect. Watch it on Netflix and send us your comments and questions. 
Thanks to AJ Mass for joining us, Will from America for the theme music, and the whole RHAP team behind the scenes. Until next time, case, case closed. closed. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.